0: corner.com your source yeah, of Virginia you sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of Cavs corner.com coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond where it is Wednesday, June the 20th. The crew is actually back together for the first time in a while. Um it has been several weeks since we have convened this specific group of uh know-it-alls on on all things Virginia sports. Um so much has happened in fact in the last few weeks that I was actually kind of afraid if we didn't get uh, the fellas back on the show, uh, I was afraid uh, as to what would happen between now and next week. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get started uh, up in Fishersville. David Spence is back on the show. How are you doing, my friend?
1: Doing good, Brad. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done that, but not that long at the same time. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter.
0: And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber also on the show. How are you, my friend? Pretty good. Uh, I'm still trying to remember how to do this. But, yeah,
2: like Dave said, at the same time, as it feels, it does feel like we just did it, doesn't it? Uh, at justin underscore ferber on twitter
0: and cast corner also on twitter calves underscore corner great place for our in-game updates content items and the occasional witty banter now here's the thing folks if you're listening to this uh the jokes that they're trying to make that won't make any sense to you i'm going to explain because we just did 10 minutes of the show and somebody i'm not going to name any bearded names did not hit the recording button and I don't know if y'all know this, but when you're trying to hasn't missed a podcast, (laughs) Um, I should be in like mid season form. I haven't missed one, but I don't know if you guys know this, but hitting the recording button is actually kind of important when you want to record a podcast. So my bad, there was a, there was like a nice little banter we had. Um, You guys are going to miss it. It's, it's really sad and unfortunate and and I take full responsibility and I will stand here in my wrongness. Um, Okay. So in the three weeks or whatever it's been, um, what did I rattle off just a minute ago? There was a four-star defensive tackle that committed UVA for all of like 17 seconds. Uh, there was a lot of drama over a four-star defensive back. Um, one of the weirdest 24 hours I've had since owning the site. And I say that as someone who uh, covered the number one team in the country, losing to a 16 seed. Don't bring that up to make things painful. I'm just saying it was a weird 24 hours. Um, there, there have been Bronco Mendenhall's comments to the Board of Visitors, which basically set the internet on fire. Um, and then, obviously, top 100 camp has come and gone. Um, Francisco Cafaro ripped up the 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 FIBA um, 18 and under um, world championship, um, having a whole making a whole lot of people think Tony Bennett looks really smart. Um, we're gonna dive into some of that. I, I guess I want to give you guys a chance. We'll probably start with uh, with Broncos comments. And before we get into, this, I have no interest in taking shots at specific people, um, though that is obviously a portion of the maybe some of the outrage i, I i'm not interested in, in getting people to, to hate listen to the show regardless of how m- much i would appreciate more people listening to the show so i, I want to keep it <laughs> what's the whole body keep it clean um dave we'll start with you what was your general sense of that whole kerfuffle once it uh happened and once it sort of played out and once you got a chance to you know maybe get some distance from it
1: a lot of the kerfuffle, kerfuffle was the uh the way it came out right i mean um I'm a big believer that context and tone is, is, is huge. And I do feel like that's one of the things we lack in, in the way we communicate so much now with text and Twitter and, and stuff, you know, tone matters. It, it does in your everyday life. It, and I do think once you listen to all Bronco had to say, like hearing the, whether the quotes were presented correctly or not, the quotes themselves, I think when, when heard with the tone, they were delivered to the audience they were they weren't as like, you know, program damning as they seemed as, as a quote to me. Um, you know, like I'd said on the board, um, a lot of this stuff was mentioned at the VAF function. So it wasn't surprising to me that he would kind of deliver with more specifics to the board of visitors than he would to a group of donors. Um, but he talked about the 20 at the event, he said 20 something, ACC caliber players, but he kind of defined ACC caliber players as guys who they could count on every play in every situation, which when you you say it that way, it makes, you know, it sounds a lot cleaner than 27 ACC guys, which you can interpret anyway. But he also followed that up with, you know, it's their job as coaches to develop these players and put them in situations where they can help the team at their current level, whether that's, you know, situational football, special teams, you know, whatever it's their point to, you know, it's their job to win with what they have and and improve it. Um, and then, of course, I mean, you know, I think saying twenty seven, you know, it's kind of kind of weak sauce when you consider the fact that you know we're in the we're in the summer. You've lost your seniors, and your incoming freshman class for the most part isn't there. Um, not to mention all the summer development that the players are doing with the with the now fully staffed what five member. I believe it is now five guys in the strength and conditioning staff. Which, as someone who feels like he knows a lot about the program, I did not realize we were that deficient in staffing. I thought there was like an NCAA max, and we were at it. Clearly, we weren't. Um, but everything else he said, uh, like, like we, you know, what you know, our, our facilities are subpar. We, um, nothing there was kind of striking. What what kind of cracked me up and. Something we haven't talked about. What kind of cracked me up is I feel like Virginia fans are so fan, and we've talked about this before, but Virginia fans are so quick to like get so mad if you say anything bad about the basketball program, but they're also so quick to put down the football program at any chance they can. Like Virginia Twitter, Virginia Whoever, Virginia fans, Virginia message boards, the football program can never do right. And you know, it doesn't matter. They're gonna joke on them first. Um but this one time, when the football, you know, all of a sudden they were mad that the coach said something. You know, not everyone, but there were a lot of people mad at the coach, kind of giving the truth. When, you know, I feel like most of the fans out there kind of feel the same way. So it was kind of a funny, funny thing to look back on. But, um, I think it's a whole bunch of nothing, and you know, clearly no players were have left the program in the last few weeks. So we'll see if it really affects them. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting way to sort of frame it, which is like if if nobody if nobody went home angry, it was was it was any of it really worth talking about. Um, one thing I do want to focus on and I haven't as I just realized I haven't actually been on a podcast and talked about this because I had um, uh, Damon Altizer on my show last week with it feels like to me that a lot of the stuff around this was mainly because um, a coach dared say something he thought now i am always you, anybody who's paid attention to my site or paid attention to the show knows that i i'm very much a believer in the idea that two things can be true at once and you can both maybe not have, should have maybe you shouldn't have said something but also too like what you said uh wasn't as as earth shattering as it seemed um I, I i was listening the next day um i was listening i was going to get my haircut, and i was listening to um um, our buddy, uh, Ahmad Hawkins, he was on ESPN radio in Richmond. And he, he made the point that this is the kind of stuff that George Welsh would tell his players all the time. Um, but people lose their minds now because it's said publicly and he's, and, and, and the guy, I forget which host it was on the, on that show said something about that. That was really fascinating that George Welsh would say that. And I'm thinking, why, why are we fat? Why are, why are we always so like blown away when a coach, tries to either motivate his players or, you know, or, you know, basically say, matter of factly like we need to be better. Um, Isn't like every signing day, essentially, like our old guys really sucked and these new guys are better. Like every coach loves their class. Every coach says they met all of their needs. That's what they always say on signing day. Right. And I was thinking about like, does anybody really believe like that Bronco Mendenhall hasn't said the same stuff to his players that like, he's only talking to his players through the media because if there's ever a coach who could not care less about the media it's this guy i mean he does he does what he's required to do and you know occasionally throws us a bone in terms of access but realistically like he is he is a different kind of dude and so like in a way that he said these things was not nearly as like dramatic as it seemed um, mainly because I don't think that he's ever said any that, that like these things said in public were a surprise to the players. Now maybe they wouldn't want to be number twenty eight on that list, right? They would like to think that their coach uh thinks they're ACC caliber or whatever. But there's also the very real reality that like he wants those guys to all strive to be better. um And if he doesn't think that they're there yet, then why would he? Why should he lie? I feel like as a media person, like I, I'm all the time. I just want. I want honesty. Like I don't want you to give me canned quotes about well, you know, the um, you know, you know, it, we just got to make shots. Well, yeah, you got to make shots. You know, oh, you know, we missed some assignments. Well, what assignments did you miss? Like I actually appreciate a coach being willing to like put some 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 honesty on the table. And the way that the that the that fans, many fans, I don't say all fans, but many fans like lost their minds about it i it it just was funny to me because these same fans at today's point say the same stuff, if not worse about these kids, but let Bronco say it to a board of visitors meeting where he's clearly he has a point he's trying to get them to understand the dire situation the football's in and the fact that they need to, to 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 make some changes um ferber what 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 else do you have on this are are, are dave and I on the on the right page or 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 should we um Uh, should we turn the other cheek here? What, what are are your thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you guys hit a lot of the, the same, you know, beats that I would have hit. Uh, I mean, like you said, I don't think much that he said really surprised me or I disagreed with. I thought the stuff that he said about, you know, recruits, um, you know, how they are perceived by their family members. If they commit to UVA versus an out of state, you know, power school, so to speak. Um, I thought that was interesting and it kind of confirmed something that we already know from covering it. um, the only thing that I mean, I'll get into how I feel like it's all being handled now, but the only thing that kind of surprised me that he said was that was the scheduling thing where he was basically like, "We're going to try to schedule the worst teams we can." Um, it's rare to hear a coach say that, and that wasn't like the context. It, you know, a lot of this stuff is it, you have to think about who he's talking to and and what, the whole point. He was answering a question, but the, what he said. In the quotes and the stories that you read or you know you can hear it for yourself on on our website um, brad pulled the audio um that was exactly what he meant <laughs> like he said we're going to schedule the i'd like to schedule the worst possible power five team so that we can get a win um i thought that was interesting because you schedule so far out um i don't know if he's gonna like try to make that the long-term strategy or not but that's a whole nother discussion I don't necessarily have a problem with anything that he said. I mean, the twenty-seven players thing. I don't think that's a huge factor internally because, again, I mean, like I, I can't imagine that it's going to really upset a ton of players that are told constantly that they have to earn numbers and you know, like all that kind of stuff already. If if that isn't enough to turn them off, I doubt this one. Anecdote is going to do it, um, especially since he didn't you know, name names or anything. And and then obviously the entire roster isn't in place, so that number is a little lower than it actually will be. Um, I think that – I mean, my, my take on this is he probably didn't anticipate – and he might be on record as saying this, I'm not sure. He, he probably didn't anticipate these comments going public in the way that they did because of who he was talking to, right? He wasn't talking to us. He was talking to the board of visitors in a meeting, right? Um, there are reporters there, so obviously it's possible that that information gets out. Um, he probably just thought he was having a frank conversation with people that, again, like Dave said, the context, he has to be, you know, has to have on board with the idea of, you know, financially committing to the football program. And he's he's trying to give a very brutally honest take of where they are now and then why they're there, you know, what shortcomings they have, and then how they need to get where they need to go, Right. I mean, he's not saying that to the media necessarily in the same way, but he, you know, he needs to get, he's basically reporting almost to his bosses in a a sense, um, people that, you know, control a lot of what goes on at the university. So I think he felt like he had, he owed them, you know, an explanation of what's going on and he answered their questions as honestly as possible. Um, But, and this is something where maybe, you know, I don't think he's had a lot of problems with this in the past, but. It's not necessarily if what you say is true or not. I agree with pretty much everything that he said. It's how it's perceived. I mean, that that might not be right. I mean, what he said, the truth should matter. But honestly, the way that it works nowadays with social media and the court of public opinion and everything that goes on now, like what people think about what you say is probably more important than what you said. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. But – you have to be careful with some of the things that you say, like word choice, for example, and, you know, you don't want to make it sound like you're throwing your team under the bus in year three um, if you can if you can avoid that. <laughs> I mean, obviously he was trying to be frank, and I appreciate that, but um, I guess less than, he probably takes this as like, well, didn't think that was going to get out in the way it did, but it did, so now I have to kind of address it. But um, I don't think he's going to have to address anything with the team. I don't think it will – I think it'll be forgotten, you know, before the season rolls around. But um, I think it's an interesting thing that happened. And we'll see how that, like, if the season goes bad, will these comments come back up? You know, that sort of thing.
1: The thing, the thing to me that was weird is how are the, how is this perceived by the fan base? Like like how the media presented or how it got out, we, we can't change. But to me, like, it feels like if we don't lay an egg against Navy in the bowl game, like, this isn't perceived as negatively by the number of fans that it was. Um, I know that sounds dumb, but like, you've got to have like, Nick Saban says similar things all the time, not about the quality of their stuff, but he puts down his team all the time, but he's got that winning capital. So like it or not, Virginia won six games last year. They haven't done that in forever. Um, You know, Alabama's won sixty four games in five years. Virginia hasn't won sixty four since two thousand. If you go back to what two thousand five or six or seven, somewhere around there, it's a long time. Um, but that simple bowl game, like the last taste in the mouth. If Virginia wins that game against Navy, do the fans take this better? I I, I think they do, which which makes very little sense to me because it's one game on a very cold day in Annapolis.
0: I I wonder. I gotta. I'm. I'm curious. I wanna. I wanna try to extrapolate this out. I don't know if the the bowl game and and what happened that day changed the way that this would be perceived. I do think that it changes maybe whether or not Broncos says it.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I agree with you because I mean, some uh, of them were in response to people asking questions about the bowl game.
0: Right. I. I, I kind of feel like what happened is. Bronco said, "If we want to, we want to break this thing down to brass tacks, right? Bronco said some stuff publicly in a way that maybe he shouldn't have. He tried to convey some things publicly that he absolutely has to convey. There are definitely people who perceive a coach saying the things that Bronco said, regardless of how he said it, as basically a CYA situation, right? He's just trying to cover his butt." for next for the end of the season, just in case. So he can say, Hey, I told you it was going to be hard. I told you we were in in the, in, in a dire situation. Um, I don't think that that's why he said it, but it certainly came off to some people as, um, basically him, him continuing to sort of backtrack. Remember when he, when he was first hired and he came to, um, you know, to Charleston, he talked, you know, I think he was at a basketball game. If my memory serves and he got the mic and said something about, you know, um, I, I haven't stayed home for Christmas, uh, paraphrasing, uh, and I don't plan to start now. Yeah, I think it was um, a paint the
1: tone orange event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So there was a you know, he made some comments publicly that made people, you know, sort of have some expectations. The season went the way it did, and he dramatically took some steps back in that. Um, so that's a to me, that's at least a sign that he he can learn from some of these, you know, quote unquote mistakes. But I just I don't know if the, the bowl game and and what happened that day changed. Uh, or may necessarily put, pushed fans to feel this way about what he said. What I also think is is that it does sort of underscore maybe the um, the sort of volatility that is a fan base, right? Which is, if you went to Virginia fans after the Navy game and asked them how they felt about the team, or even asked them the day before Bronco went before the Board of Visitors, they would tell you that uh, that they weren't happy with the way the season ended. Um, they were worried about this and that and 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 they didn't they didn't know where Virginia was going into the season in terms of its uh, its talent having lost some of the guys they lost Bronco basically says that like out loud, and people you know want to come for him I think a lot of the reason if we're gonna if we're just gonna be brutally honest here um in true bronco fashion, a lot of the reason people came after him was because they don't know if he's if he's the right guy um and i think that in and of itself is more maybe not quite as much as winning, but like that's the that's the thing that has the most dramatic effect. It's that fans have seen um, a guy that that they they know had a lot of success um, they were worried about him having you know recruiting success on this coast. Um, they saw some stuff in the first season that made them scratch their heads about him. they liked some things that they saw in the second season, did not like the way the thing closed, did not like the bowl game. Um, they've had such a you know a rash of um, of um, injuries and whatnot guys having to retire on the defensive line guys leaving what have you they're worried about the trenches and then for the coach that they are somewhat iffy about to kind of say some of these things publicly you know it's hard i think for them to 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 like to like retain that sort of perspective on it and ultimately maybe we should not have been surprised by the reaction um except for the way that it was kind of put out there and that was obviously a, a storyline in this and we're we're, we're steering clear of that, but we have to at least acknowledge that it is a thing that existed in the world. So in the, in the big scheme of things, as, as, as the team goes forward and as um, you know, fall camp rapidly approaches, I I just don't know one. I don't, well, I'll I'll just say it like this. I don't think this matters at all. Um, It's something for us to talk about and it's certainly something worth talking about, but in terms of the brass tax, it's not going to change Virginia season. I don't think Broncos going to be looking at a third and nine um, late in the game They'd be like Gosh but you know If I don't if I don't go for this I mean Those people that were angry When I said that thing To the board of visitors Are going to be angrier Like they You know That's just not reality Right um, I, I do wonder it, Because knowing The media horde The way I do um, You know There will be <laughs> There will also be some guys um, That will ask some questions And that will get some responses From players That will give them some uh, You know Make their faces all flush make a pink in the cheeks you know what i mean like guys will be embarrassed if they ask the wrong guy the wrong question um because these kids are a more confident bunch now and they i think will put people in their place um if if uh if certain reporters go in looking for to make this thing a story once access is is you know is granted to them um anything else on the bronco stuff before we move on to something else ferber
2: yeah just to underscore what you said i
0: think If
2: anything else, like my big takeaway from this, maybe down the road will probably be like, it was a good barometer of where Broncos like approval rating is, you know, with the fan base. Right. Um, He clearly doesn't have the goodwill built up to say stuff like this and either have people agree with him in mass, like with Saban, or get ignored, like Sean Miller during the season this past year. Um, said that he couldn't get his players to play for him, right? There wasn't really a ton of backlash to that, I'm maybe in, internally with the fan base, but people weren't saying, like, you know, he doesn't get it. But It was it was just, like, he needs to get them to play for him. I mean, but it was forgotten. I mean, it, he was just trying to motivate his players. So I think it just kind of shows maybe, you know, where, where he stands with the fan base, and that's clearly not a position of strength,
0: I would say. That's fair. Uh, Dave, anything else on your end before we move on to something? More? No, I
1: mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, what happens this year dictates a lot. I mean, I, I don't think he was. I think it would be tough to survive a two or three win season, regardless whether he said this or not. Um, maybe it's a little tougher now from the fan perspective, but we're not the ones writing the check to buy him out if he does. But, um, but uh, you know, on the flip side, if the season is successful, I don't know that it gains him a whole lot either. Like, oh, Bronco was really if he did that with. 27 may you know 27 then rolled into 40 wants to go to a 60 i don't know if he's like i said, got the clout to to get that that switch from the fan base um short of beating virginia tech in the season i mean let's be honest if, if he does that a lot changes
2: yeah it's not like he's going to go back at the end of the season if they win eight games and be like see remember that stuff i said back in may like you know like no that's not going to happen but yeah, I don't think it's going to mean much. I just think it's a good indication of of where he is right now with the
1: fans. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
0: I would be. I'm going to be interested to see if it's a storyline, you know, that tracks. You know, will it be a thing um, that yeah,
1: like operation um,
2: kick off and all that stuff?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because like a lot of the, you know, the way the 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 sort of way it got sort of uh, kicked around around the what I would call the college football echo chamber. Um, it, it did seem to to be something to me that, like, it's going to be the first question he gets from, you know, a variety of, like, non-local, non-UVA people. You know, they're going to go, like, when they make their plan for, for next month in Charlotte, they're going to say, okay, we got to go talk to Bronco Minholms and, and get his comments on this thing that he said a month ago or a month and a half ago at that point. Um, But I, I but I am curious if how much it'll track during the season, you know, if, if Virginia wins a game or they lose a game or they, you know, Cavaliers... Uh, qualify for a bowl you know um how much bronco's gonna have to talk about it my guess would be he's gonna have to talk about it more than he would like which is basically any um and is as, as somebody who um already is <laughs> i don't want to say fearful for what the access might be like after this 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 uh hubbub but um i'm a little bit worried as to how much we're gonna get in the fall um i, I think that um, if I'm him, what, what incentive does he have? Right. And there's nothing that says they have to open a practice for us. Um, so in a way you, you're sort of, um, you're sort of beholden, but at the same time, I also think that it is in his best interest to sort of lift that, uh, that veil, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like the more, the more he tries to, to, to not handle it, the the harder it will be um I, my experience, at least Bronco has always been super honest, and I don't mean that in terms of like a bristly nature. I mean, I just think that he's a genuine dude, and if he, you ask him a question, he answers it. Um, so I'm kind of hopeful that he'll be able to to take it in stride and 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 deal with it up front without it being a thing that lingers and certainly a thing that that he gets asked about to play to the point where it drives him sort of nuts.
1: yeah um, My hunch would be he will he will deal with it early and say, hey, you know, and almost invite the questions and, and try to get it off the plate for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, he won't, but that would be my hunch. Yeah,
2: and like you said about the college football echo chamber, that was probably the most annoying thing to me is, like, people just see the headline, which goes back to, the, like you said, how it was reported, and people were like, damn, Bronco. Like, But they don't actually read it or anything. Like, It's just kind of like, oh, wow, that's harsh. And then you just kind of like, it's a, a retweet, you know, quote retweet. And then just yep. keep it moving. And it's like, well, that's going to like perpetrate the idea. That's what I'm saying. Like the perception, then that stuff gets out and it just keeps going out and out and out. And then eventually it makes it look bad for him, even if what he said was more benign.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. The perception thing to me, you're exactly right. Like it, the the perception thing is, a, is I think one of the, one of the big reasons why folk, a lot of folks uh, took so, so much issue with it because, you know, it, it did make, it make Virginia look bad. Um, and it certainly was cannon fodder for, um, you know, for for other fan bases. Um, that 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 aspect of it, right, right, will will not change what actually happens to the team, but it certainly will change the way things are talked about. And fans are the ones who have to sort of live with that. Um, and as somebody who owns a message board, so do I.
1: So, yeah. hey, um, hey Brett, can I segue us? Yeah, sure, segue away. So, because it kind of reminded me, you know, <laughs> here here in Bronco at the VAF, and here when he talked to the Board of Visitors. Um, no, you know, another thing that kind of happened while we while we were away was, you know, Bronco has said in both places that it's so much harder from the recruit in state. You know, the five times harder was the term he used at the VAF, and uh, it, it kind of reminded me you know, the Ben. There was I, I don't know who tweeted it, but you know Ben Smiley and all that that happened. I mean, there was literally a tweet of a, a dude like slapping Ben Smiley in the back of the head for committing to UVA. You know that's what he's facing.
0: Yeah, and and that's a thing um you know on the recruiting side. I do want to spend a couple minutes talking about where they are. Um I watched Pitt have this huge weekend, right? And I mean a lot of those kids are really good um with some, you know, really nice offers and whatnot. And we're kind of at that point now where like, the rubber has to meet the road. Like, Virginia doesn't really have the benefit of uh, of waiting until the fall. Most of the class needs to be wrapped up. And so, numbers-wise, they're not in a bad spot by any stretch. You know, it's not like they have two dudes in the class. Um, but they're a little heavy on defensive backs, and, you know, there are some needs that they need to address. And the in-state stuff, at least until the last maybe week or so, has been really tough. I mean, they've, they've pulled a couple kids from in-state in the last few days, um, which is good. I, I think they'll get – Um, you know, they'll get some more. Um, but the recruiting side of things is, is hard right now. I I think, um, one, you you see sort of the fruit of, of long-term labor, which is, you know, these are kids, um, who, who, who are not going to be swayed by just Virginia going back to a bowl game. Right. Um, you're going to need to see a little more than that. We talked about the facilities aspect and that's a very real thing, you know, less than a day after, or maybe even that day of that board of visitors meeting, you know, the staff is using um, the comments from the board of visitors about the long term plan and sort of making the case, even though they don't have, you know, um, they don't have models or or drawings or schematics or whatever of the new stuff that, you know, they, they need that. They need that stuff in the pipeline so they can recruit off of it. Um, I, and I mean, part of this is just I don't want to say part of this is just going to have to be the way it is, but part of this is going to have to be the way it is until they win a little bit. Um, you, you, given the circumstances, you, you have a, you have a staff that largely hasn't recruited here. Um, the in-state relationships are going to take a while to, 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 to build. Meanwhile, other teams and other programs are having a field day with the in-state talent. Um, as we've talked about, um, you know, a lot, I mean, Penn state comes in, takes the best players, um, you know, whether it's, um, other ACC schools or, you know, other power five, um, you know, kind of factories, like a lot of these kids are just not staying home. And so, you know, they've having, they're having to go out of state. They're having to to do it differently. Ultimately, the only thing that's going to change it is winning and you're not going to get, it's a vicious cycle, right? You're not going to get the fans in the stands until you win. And you're not going to really get, you, you, you really can't say you're going to win until you have better players. The only way you're going to have better players. Is if you have a better program in general and you have more fans in the stands. Um, But it just felt like um, as we look back at the, um, you know, at where things are, um, it is, it is, it's not dire. I mean, there's some talented kids in this class, but it's certainly not, they don't have it rolling. uh, And it's certainly not the place you sort of want it to be. Are you guys worried at all about sort of the big picture recruiting side of things? Uh, How do we, how do you, how, what's your, what's your mindset uh, on that right now? Dave, we'll start with you.
1: I mean, they're a little light compared to, Last year's class, they had all but seven of the commits, Well, we ended up with twenty three, I think last year. Uh, trying to pull it up real quick and not sound like I'm stalling. Um, the we had twenty commits last year, thirteen of them were were in by the end of June. Only seven came after. And this year we're sitting. At eleven commits, so you know, not far off with two weeks left in June because we got several at the end of June last year. Um, I'm a little concerned with the lack of, you know, given the need we have in the trenches, you know, bringing in grad transfers to, and and with all the guys who who left from the defensive line, as of right now, you know, in the in the 19 class, we only have one defensive tackle committed, and he is from Denmark, right? Isn't it Denmark, yeah, Denmark. So that's a little concerning, and only one offensive lineman. But I do like him. I do like Leach a lot. He was uh, teammates with Fannin, if I remember correctly. So you know, it, it's a little concerning. There's some good. There's some good players in there. I like Clary. I like Williams. I like Millage. I like the Cypress kid we just got. The the Chalmers kid looks good. But you know, they're all pretty much you know DBs slash wide receivers, maybe maybe Chalmers could, could play some outside linebacker in, you know, nickel situations. Um, but, but a lot of small fast guys yeah, and they're not a lot of bulk yet. So that does concern me. Um, so they've got, they've got to close, you know, you got smiley out there who, who almost feels like a must close for me to kind of have confidence in the staff being able to, I know, maybe, maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement, but kind of isn't at the same time. Like, I feel like he's a guy they have to close on given you know, given the fact he kind of already committed, and you know, and he's, you know, he idolizes Andrew Brown. I, and Andrew has done everything he can to help get him there. So, and he's in a position of need. So, yeah, there's there's some time, but this class, given what Bronco has said about how he feels about the roster, like you can't continue to finish with classes in the like, rankings are one thing. We can we can argue about how accurate rankings are but you can't have class after class in the forties and expect to win the ACC.
2: Yeah. So, so my take is pretty much similar to what Dave's last point is, you know, I'm kind of in a wait and see with the player development aspect of it, because we've seen a few players that were unheralded, like Brent Nelson comes to mind um, shine under this coaching staff. Uh, You know, they've they've taken guys from, you know, role players to starters uh, and that's great. Um, but you can't build classes that are dependent on nothing but that, right? You have to have some top end talent there because, you know, like it, let's say you have a 25, uh, recruit signing class and it's like, like they've said in the forties or 50 in the nation, there's going to be a lot of projects in that class and there's going to be some solid role player type players. Some of them are going to develop into starters and maybe even really good starters um but then you know like the odds will show you that classes like that um they you know half of the kids are not going to make it they're going to bust they're not going to play they're going to transfer you're always going to have attrition at least if you can have a class in like the 25 ish range you're going to have some top end talent and if that develops then you should be good if you can develop the role players what the previous staff did was they had a like a higher rank class, but they didn't, they didn't put the depth where it needed to go on the lines. Um, and a couple other positions that just weren't addressed as well as they needed to be. And the top end talent, you know, usually worked out, but, or, you know, better than, or as good as we would have thought, but the guys behind them didn't really develop because the staff wasn't developing the players. Barack has shown that he can develop some of these guys, but a lot of them are like, they could be good. We'll see. But like Dave said, I think eventually you have to start hitting on these guys that, you know, if you read The War Room, for example, I mean, Brad obviously is writing that. And, you know, early in the process, it sounds good. It's like, all right, they're in the lead or like they have a really good shot at this kid. Cameron Kelly, uh, Ronnie Walker, uh, Mekhi Becton, all these guys, UVA's in the lead or near the lead, have a good shot in state kits. They all go. And they haven't been able to land – I don't think they've hit on any one of those guys, four-star and above, that they were high on early, the player was high on them, and by the end of the cycle, they ended up somewhere else. Now, I mean, part of that is the the perception, and the perception is that UVA isn't a winning football program right now. They don't really emphasize football like some of these other programs do. They're not sending as many guys to the NFL. Um, They're not filling the stadium, right? Right. Some of that is reality. Some of that is like the emphasis on football is perception because I think now they are really trying to emphasize it. It just takes time. But I, I am a little concerned about their ability to, to reel in top talent because, I mean, Pitt, their results and their facilities, I mean, I know they played in an NFL stadium, um, but they're not – I mean, they're drawing some kids from the local area, but a lot of the kids are from other places. That staff – I mean, they, they won – I don't even – did they make a bowl game this year? Um, I don't think they did, did they? And they're, they're still able to get players. So, I mean, like, I guess UVA is going to, it's going to take more for them to be able to do that compared to some of their, uh, you know, the, the staffs they're competing with, but how many wins do they have to get to be able to start getting these guys? Because if it's nine wins a year, I mean, I don't know if they can sustain that with, with any coaching staff at this point.
0: I think, I think it might be one of those things though, where it's not necessarily that they need to get nine, but maybe they need to get like three sixes. Right, um, some. I think uh, we're used to seeing new coach. There's a bump, right? Typically, that's what happens. You get a new coach. There's a change in direction, uh, and there's a bump. Virginia had two big problems. One was the facilities are in such a way that it just that. And I don't want to lay the the all of the blame at the feet of facilities, but it is a very real thing. it It speaks to. It speaks to the commitment that the school is making in the program. And I'm sorry, like if kids have options, they're going to go, you know, to the, to the better place. And as much as the education side of things is important, it's not the end all be all. And it can't be um, but even bigger than that, though, I think was, you know, Bronco and his staff didn't have connections here. So nobody, you know, even though they had bowl success it was not something like where Al Groh came in and you could sell, oh, he's been to the NFL and you know, he's somebody who's, you know, been on this side of the country. Mike London was somebody who was from Virginia. He had recruiters on his staff who were from Virginia who had who had recruited these schools before. Um, they were able to make those relationships much quicker. So Virginia didn't get the bump from a new coach. They had a, a bad season right out of the gate. Um no expectations for the current season. And then when they started to turn some heads, they, 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 they really fell off at the latter part of the year. They had a golden opportunity against Miami and and weren't able to close the deal. They were close as they've been uh, against Virginia tech and weren't able to close the deal. And then they got Molly whopped in the um, military bowl. So, I mean, ultimately like it's going to take, it's not, I don't think, I don't think it's going to take nine, but I think it's going to take more than just one six um, to get that done. I think sustained success where kids, when they're, in their recruitments as seniors who maybe as sophomores saw you go to a, po- go to the postseason. I think that in and of itself helps a lot.
1: Hey, so, you know, while, while you guys were talking and I was astutely listening, I was also, you know, kind of flipping back. Like, so I, I don't want to put all the blame on Brock on those guys. Look, they, they didn't have a whole lot of East coast ties, blah, blah. blah. They kept, you know, basically they kept Hagen's that, you know, and some of the internal staff to help with that. Um, and they've had, I mean, They've got some, like like Justin said, they, they've had some players that hit, you know, with, with Nelson as a walk on. Blunt was a two star. You know, the, the reports are out there. He hadn't played a whole lot, but um, there, there's been some hits with the small guys. But it was kind of going. Do y'all remember who our last four star commitment was for football? Like four star. Um, um, four star rivals, because that's the only. Yeah, side you there are no other. <laughs> <separate. laughs>
0: um, that's right. Yeah. They don't exist.
2: Oh man, is it during this staff?
1: No.
0: Okay. No, they, yeah, they haven't got one yet.
2: Um, for some reason, I I thought it was Jordan Mack, but he's a three. Um. Yeah. All right. or, yeah, he's not a four. He's a four. I think he was a high three. Yeah, a three. Because okay. he was a safety, remember? Um.
0: Yeah. Oh man,
2: I don't want to like have the listeners sitting here,
0: you know, like listening to us. <laughs> hey, keep keep going. We'll research. Keep yeah. keep talking.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, I know who it is. So I, oh, well, then just
0: tell us. that Why are you making us all no, – like, uh, like, That was the
1: like thing. Like, you had to think about it, right? Giovanni Simmons is our last question. Oh, wow. oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, him and CJ Stalker were in the same Simmons class.
1: Simmons and Stalker in the same class were four stars in 2015. And then in 14 before it, which was you know, a class that finished 41st in the rival rankings, you had Jamil Kamara as a four-star. You had multiple five-stars five five in class. Only oh, yeah. two, but yeah. You had two four-stars, Moss and Kamara, who, at you know, Kamara's obviously gone, and Moss hasn't to this point. Is Moss gone now?
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Him and Kamara so, had, yeah, that was, you really, know,
1: like, it just didn't work out. Yeah. But you had Blanding and Brown, two five-stars who who clearly, you know, you can say we didn't win with them, but those guys pretty much started every game in their career. Brown had some. And then you know,
2: 2013, you had um, Smoke and Kaiser 30. and all those guys. Kaiser, I think, was a high three, yeah.
1: but – 2013 is the last class we had that ranked above thirty.
2: That that is insane. And I'm not, I mean, uh, uh, Bronco got his shots in on the previous coaching staff, but that is absurd that you can have two top 10 players and still have a class that ranks 41st. That is really
0: bad.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Mike hit with a couple of 757 boys he had relationships with, but he, he missed doing what Bronco's doing now. Like you add a brown and a blanding to the classes Bronco and his staff have built, then you got you got something going. It's just <laughs> we need yeah. to merge the two.
2: I think the previous staff, their their motto was just they were just like they're doing the trust the process bit where it was like we're just gonna collect as many assets as possible. Assets being like players three stars and above. Um, where they play, we don't know. Like how how they're gonna get better, we don't know. But but we'll just get them and then we'll see what happens. And that's not really how it works.
0: Yeah, the latter the latter part, they were just basically taking. Yeah, it was like, oh, so we'll take
2: six cornerbacks if they're all three stars. <laughs> like you know, but no offensive line.
0: You have to. I, I think part of the thing is when you're you're in a transition, given some of the realities Virginia was facing the last few years, is like you kind of just need to take guys who fit. And you would love to have other guys who maybe be, were, you know, more athletic or what have you, but maybe you just didn't have that option. And I mean, look, it should not be lost on folks that. Um, that. Even though in today's world, it feels like, you know, they've been there long enough. Right. It, it feels like that. And that's not partly that's because, you know, we live in a, in a hyper um, connected hyper, um, hyper, um, quick kind of society, right. Instant everything. Right. Uh, but part of it too is that you've seen coaches who go places do things in a much, um, you know, much, um, speedier fashion. Right. Um, I feel like as, as, as you sort of evaluate where the program is, it's it, they've been there for two full seasons, right. One of the, and we we're in the middle of, uh, uh, in between obviously two and three I mean can you even really know With just two seasons I mean there's a lot That has happened around the program um, But I mean At this point like he, You're talking about a coach that doesn't even have his own players In uh, in terms Of the full two deep and I'm not I'm not one of these people who thinks that like You know you should lay all the blame uh, At the previous coaches uh, Feet for the, like ever I'm not one of those people I, I I don't believe in that But I do think that that that, re, that reality matters. Context matters, kind of, to to sort of bring this podcast full circle. So it does make sense to me that, like, when you look at the totality of circumstances, like, yeah, of course they're still struggling. Like they have like four linemen, right? Um, they're they're still having to 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 compensate. the The bottom line is like the ESPN's David Hale came out this week and had UVA winning what three games, going three and nine. Um, look, Bryce Perkins is better than that. Like he just is and like their defense even if they even if they played like us three on the defensive line the defense is not bad like they've got a lot of pieces in that back eight um i i don't know how you get to just 3 wins but i i but i know if their expectations are that low that tells you something right that tells you a lot about where the program is and that this is uh, uh, like i said a team coming off of a bowl season um to be picked to go 3 and 9 i think is um You know, it it is a nice illustration of sort of whether Bronco got out in public and said it or not. That's the perception. Didn't matter what Bronco said. That's the perception. And the only way that they're going to change it is to win games.
2: I guess it's just going to take longer than one six and six season, like you said, to turn that around, because the perception seems to be the same as it was this
0: time last year. Because think about like this, if they do something similar this year, people will have the same sort of conversations in the offseason next year. Well, uh, you know, they don't have Thornhill anymore. They don't have Tim Harris anymore. They don't have Malcolm Cook anymore. What are they going to do? You know, they barely, you know, they, they're barely treading water. You know, everybody can get to a bowl game these days. And like, they're barely getting there. Like that sort of stuff will happen until they start to do it with some regularity. And the problem with regularity is it takes time. You only play one season every few months. You know, you have to wait a bunch of months to get another season. Um, it's kind of like watching Game of Thrones. Like, I'm gonna have to wait till 2019, and I'm not very happy about that. Yeah. Um, I still
2: think they need something like inspiring to happen to get people on board. I know that sounds kind of weird, but like, not not like you know a miracle comeback necessarily or anything like that. But you know, it's I think like you said, I think the perception nowadays is like getting to a bowl game is, isn't like an impossible feat. So it's like, congratulations, here's your participation trophy for going 500. But I think if they can like like let's say they beat Miami this year and Miami's like number 2 in the country like they almost did last year like then maybe and then that gets them to 6 wins or something maybe then it's like oh wow this program is kind of starting to turn the corner or if they beat Virginia Tech
0: you know yeah one of those two would have or both would have been huge we that's what i mean and then
2: huge. people can start to say like they're getting tangible results against good teams because what was their what was the most memorable win like for a for a non-uva fan last year from this team the boise game i guess
0: but Boise people went in Chapel Hill,
2: but people still think that like it's like ah eh, Boise, like you know they're still not it's still not ringing the bell like it does, and that was on a Friday night, so it was kind of like
0: forgotten about by the next day. But and they, so, and they totally rolled them too, which is the I would thing.
1: say more college fans remember the first half against Miami than I mean, and they, they yeah, put yeah. off
0: that for a while, you know, they were like, yeah, you know, we were leading, blah 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 blah, you know, like, and I do think I, I think um, seeing as we're not we're not going to get to any basketball talk tonight. Um, I do think though that one thing that people have to keep in mind is recruiting is weird. Like sometimes you can recruit you have success and and that allows you to to have more success on the recruiting trail. Sometimes you can say to a kid, like, hey, we were leading Miami and if we had more dudes like you, we would have won that game and won a lot more games. And they like that stuff matters. Like that's one of the that's one of the recruiting pitches, honestly, that works the most. We would be better with a guy like you, right? Um, because kids like to be wanted. They like to be needed, they like to be seen as like the missing piece um the problem is is when you have as big a hole as virginia has like you need so many pieces like these kids ain't stupid like you know like um they're they understand like how much more it's going to take than just them
2: and they're getting that pitch from teams that are good too
0: exactly they're getting that same pitch from teams that like that won games like, last year we need you, know? you
2: you know they're in the rose bowl two years ago and last year they were really good again so it's like yeah yeah i mean it, it's tough and I think it yeah it's not necessarily directly correlated with the results I mean it is but you know UVA was pulling five stars after they went two and ten like the year before so and that was year four for London I think or three year four so I mean it wasn't like he was new and could say like I'm new when when he was pitching those kids so you know it sometimes it's about relationships or and sometimes it's about you know like the kid just Sometimes you know. Sometimes it's a snowball effect too. Like they got Trey Nicholson to say, you know what, what the hell, I'll go to UVA, and then that became a snowball effect to get other players to do the same.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing that fans need to remember, the ones who might be down themselves, is like, look, this team is not winning the national championship next year. Like, I don't want to say there's absolutely no way they're going to win the Coastal, but there's there's you know because a quarterback can change a lot and um but then it's very, very 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 little chance they're good enough to win the coastal but yeah but, you know. but what do we, as a fan base what we what we've demanded is you know we you know, you've seen it on the message boards you know give me the seven or eight wins like Welsh had i do think the team as assembled with perkins or armstrong or whoever you know especially with perkins at quarterback potentially has the talent you know to to go to a bowl game again Assuming no, you know, rash of injuries and everyone stays healthy, so yeah, I think where you can find confidence in in the staff is if you look at the players who have kind of excelled the last couple of years. Obviously, you know, you lost Kaiser, you lost Blanding, you lost Brown, you lost LeBron. Um, but but some kids you've seen promise from weren't that highly recruited. Um, you know, Eli Hanback's a two star. Uh, Joey Blunt was a two star but Thornhill was a three. I think Jordan Mack was a three. I mean, you can win with those players. If you're, if you know who they are, know how to scheme for them and they've got the pieces around them. So, you know, not all hope, hope is lost. And as we saw with Louisville, like, you know, a, a really good quarterback can, can overcome a lot of issues. So I, I don't think it's any reason to be panicking because of what, what Bronco said about 27 or, you know, your thoughts on the recruiting or anything like that. Um, They've got a long ways to go to, to make us like a you know a national contender or you know even a serious conference contender, but I, I think the pieces and the coaching is there to make us better than we were the last six to seven years.
2: Dave, the Washington Capitals are Stanley yes. Cup champions. I was, Anything I was is really gonna say,
1: I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Cavaliers is bad. don't Warriors, give up hope. Chicago Cubs are won. What else can happen? <laughs> Virginia's won two ACC tournaments in the past five years. Six years.
2: Yeah, I thought that, I didn't think that I would ever see them play in the semifinals. I know,
1: like 10 years, like 15 years. Yeah,
2: literally, I was like five when they went to the semis, and then now they've gone like what four out of the last five years, something like that.
0: Well, I think that is a very good place to put a pin in it. Um, I, I want to, um, Thank uh, Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. If you're somebody who came to the show uh, because you found us uh, in the Apple Podcast app or uh, what have you, feel free to give us a look at Um Even though we talked all football tonight, uh, which wasn't necessarily by design, uh, we we have a lot of basketball stuff coming out of Top 100 Camp, um, a lot of uh, a lot of recruiting stuff setting up for a big month of July. I think for the for the who's on the recruiting trail um if you're somebody who's uh listens to podcasts because you're already uh, a member of the site feel free to to pull up your podcast app of choice um give us a review that actually helps us a lot um it helps us to um to get more listeners and um put my kid in college so thank you um so again for uh for david spence and justin ferber and brad franklin publisher of CavsCorn.com. thanks for coming out we'll see you soon